Welcome to Mommy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. Kids are definitely creepy. (laughs) Hello, Carol. Hello, Josh. I couldn't keep up the the like announcer thing. I I switched. No one can. Yeah. It just seemed a little much. And, you know, we're all about the subdued, subtle jokes here. That's right. We like them easy. Take their time. The flip-flops of jokes is what we like. Doesn't matter. You're <laughs> well, here. Maybe you just got that Carlsbad mindset right now with oh, the flip-flops. Oh, that's you know? it. I got a bottle opener in the bottom of my flip-flop. <laughs> I got some O'Neill board shorts. Uh, Today's movie is set in Carlsbad, California, home to Legoland. Legoland. Where we will probably be going soon. So we are excited to talk about it. Shout out to Brick City. Uh, All the Carlsbad boys and girls. We're happy to have you here. Let yourself be heard in the comments. Let us know how you felt, how you were portrayed. This felt accurate because it seemed very fucking accurate. <laughs> yeah. From what I know about Carlsbad. Yes. And uh, Carl's worse. Paranormal Activity 2. 2010. 10 years ago. And it was a good 10 years. Mm. And I will say in that 10 years since I saw this movie on opening night. Holy cow. At a midnight screening. The completely packed theater. It has held up. People were the appetite for found footage movies was and perhaps still is insatiable. <laughs> I think the there was probably a tipping point, but um that didn't stop anyone from making the movies. That's a good point. Because there are like five paranormal activities alone. I don't know that the most recent ones are found footage jobs i may never know Mm. but we'll see there were a lot of found footage movies after you know blair witch (laughs) blair witch really just (laughs) that's what it would be right that's the blair witch laugh (laughs) she does it throughout the movie (laughs) this hero going (laughs) did you see blair the blair witch project in theaters oh i certainly did terrified enfield connecticut oh my gosh Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe it was Stanton, Delaware that I saw in Movies 10, Cinemark. Uh, I saw Paranormal Act... No, not Paranormal. I saw The Blair Witch Project um, alone with just one other person in the theater. Like there was nobody else. It was Oh, this was horrifying. crowded. I was terrified. I was just... Blair Witch, I, I was I was truly afraid of it because we still didn't know. It's hard to believe. It's going to be a weird thing to explain to anyone over, you know, anyone under 30, certainly. You know, we say that kind of thing a lot, but I think they're going to get it just fine. They're going to get tel- telephones with cords. They're going to understand that, that they didn't just... You know, I know they're not going to just like, what you didn't go to internet first. Like they're they're going to know that, but they won't know. They won't understand deeply what it was. There like. will be a moment of reconciliation when you talk about these things to say, "Holy shit! You would just you really thought that this movie might be real?" They're like, "Yeah, I did. I thought maybe it was real because I didn't know." And no one was there to tell so me. So we anything. do have. I mean, you know, when did War of the Worlds happen? Because it's the same thing. The Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I it was. I don't know. The forties. Sure. Thirties. It's a radio drama. I feel like it was yeah, the thirties. Thirties. Let's go thirties. Um. Orson smells on the ones <laughs> and twos. <laughs> uh, I I feel like we're gonna get it. We're gonna be like, huh. Or they will. Just like we were like, eh, yeah. I no, guess that, you thought the world was ending. But like, 
you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> like those people, you, you know, whoever like went and took all their money out of a bank or something the day they heard the Orson Welles radio story is it, they seem truly stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's so sad. That's just a sad thing. No, no empathy across generations. for. No, 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 no. But people should have empathy for me. I missed Paranormal Activity 2 in the theaters and entirely until just the other night when we watched it for this podcast. I had seen the first one. We saw the first one together in theaters. And then we went and saw the third one together in theaters. Yeah. The first one I remember not being too scared by until we came home and like got into bed and the lights went out. And then I was like, who is this man? (laughs) (laughs) What Um, is that ambient noise? um, Then I was like, oh, fuck this. And I like turned the light back on. I I realized how scared I had been. Very scary. The third one is also very scary. I think these are very scary movies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you hadn't seen it, but I had. I had seen it with... uh, two horror movie complete like obsessed friends of ours that will see anything and everything horror related and uh have have really like no bar they have they they just enjoy like they just enjoy most things i feel like yeah they like they certainly like anything in the horror genre and i think most people who listen to podcasts like this also do i think we're actually more discerning than our audience well certainly (laughs) well i mean that that must be annoying for them that's what i think i do some i do sometimes think that that like that we we have these very 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 strong opinions and a very narrow lane yeah that we we do drive in as far as horror movies go and i know that i think a lot of a lot of people with genre stuff in general are very all you can eat about how they Mm. approach it and not that's bad i like to eat a lot of food but it is it for me uh it is not the case with horror movies but we appreciate you guys who are coming along yeah well it is really fun to watch horror movies with these friends of ours because they tend to just like just be along for the ride and of course they do you know have opinions about things but they're very they're very just down you know yeah as a result i feel like they're not affected by it yeah, whereas they, they don't get scared really by these movies yeah it's more of just like a, a nice rollick you know and it's going on a roller coaster for them right yeah. i however did not sleep a wink that night i came home from this midnight screening and it was horrifying it was so fun to watch in a theater where everyone else is totally scared and being pretty well behaved i feel like for an audience um because sometimes that can really ruin a movie like this but i remember you were out of town and i stayed up all night watching weeds Hmm. a a completely innocuous show yeah this is a show that will keep me company all night long yeah (laughs) it's just interesting enough that i will pay attention to it and i will not sleep because the demon will get me for sure (laughs) um i I remember there's also I mean it's a strange experience for me skipping it and going to see a third one but mm-hmm. I'm I realize you were absolutely right and I'm glad I trusted you as I always do implicitly that That's it was right. fine to skip it and mm-hmm. go see the third one because mm-hmm. as those of you all listening know at this point because you have watched the movie it is a it's essentially a prequel ride along movie to paranormal activity the first well no, the third one is a straight up prequel. That's true. They just go further and further back. Yeah. But this one is like just a few months. It's like 60 days, right? They say before. Right. It overlaps. Yeah, it I kind of saying. overlaps. I don't yeah. know. I made up the term ride along, but it is, it's coming, <laughs> it's coming along with you for the ride. It's setting them up. It was, it was pretty cool. I thought, I mean, it's, and, but the setup of these movies and what makes these three uh, paranormal activities so great. I mean, the found footage thing works so well for horror for so many reasons. Even just the use of white noise in this movie. There is no score, which lends itself to sort of the security cam footage of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. These weird wide angles of rooms make it like you're watching a Where's Waldo mm-hmm. like horror movie, like a yeah. nightmare Where's Waldo, where you're just, you're looking around. Oh, the nasty nasties. The nasty nasties come to town. This is just that 
writ large, you're watching this thing and you're just looking for the thing that's going to scare you, which is makes her actually a really engaging viewing experience, I think, because you're like, it's like the haunted house feeling of like, I'm going to go around this corner and something's going to be there. There's a great job building suspense. They're just really well done. Yeah, the, it is surprisingly well done. But let's recap the movie, shall we? Oh, sure. Okay. We need a recap theme. Oh. Recap. We're going to, oh wait, before we recap the movie, I want to do a little housekeeping. Oh, sure. And that's where our housekeeping music would come in. Housekeeping. Just that. So some of our dedicated mummy and daddy heads. Dedicated. Dedicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) I've probably noticed that we have been releasing episodes a little erratically, a little sporadically, and you know, a little emphatically. Mm, we are parents. This is a podcast by parents for parents. You know, you get it. I know we don't have to like explain. I'm sure you understand, but we we're gonna try to aim. I think for more like a three week in between episodes instead of a two weeker because we just it's you know we're both as we've told you told you everything at this point you know all about us there's nothing more to tell (laughs) this is the end of the podcast um that we are both working uh parents and it's i feel like we we like to spend a little bit more time with each with each movie i feel like we we just got excited you know we were starting off that podcast but i think at some point we're gonna take a little break I'm going to make a website, get off that Facebook, do some more show notes on a website. This is my plan. Just telling you what to be excited for, what to plan for, because, you know, I know you all look forward to our episode drops and we were pretty consistent there for a while. But like life is just bananas. And so we're bringing consistency here. It's just going to be on a different timetable. Yeah, it's just, you know, we want to be still having that 2020 vision we want to give you guys more time with the movies too because we know you're probably also working parents or busy parents and you're doing you're living your lives so have time to watch these movies catch up and they don't have to feel weird when you uh talk to us in person and say i'm trying to catch up on your podcast or i need to watch this movie before i listen to it take your time we'll be here the shows will be there exactly um so paranormal activity two we were very excited about this movie because I had told Josh for years that it was terrifying and we wanted to follow up real strong after The Omen. So let's recap it. Shout out to the Internet Movie Database for this one. Daniel Ray, along with his wife, Christy, daughter, Allie, toddler son, Hunter, and their dog, unnamed, moved to Carlsbad, California. A few days later, their residence is broken into. However, nothing appears to be missing. In order to prevent reoccurrences, they install a number of security cameras that will record everything on a DVR. After they hire a Spanish-speaking nanny to look after Hunter, she informs them that there is something wrong in their house and performs prayers, much to the chagrin of Daniel, who lets her go. He will subsequently regret this decision as more inexplicable and strange incidents occur with Allie concluding after a research that their house may be possessed by a demonic entity. Raju! Gunwanti at Hotmail.com That's G-U-N as in Nancy, W-A-N as in Nancy, T-I at Hotmail.com if you want to email him about how truly cursory and uh, incorrect his summary is. And I think he wants a gun, so be chill about <laughs> comments to Raju. <laughs> So, first of all, he starts off with Daniel Ray. And so he's like the main character. Daniel Ray. God. Like it's taken. Unbelievable. Um, The only reason it does make sense is that he is the through line for all four of them. Rather than, I mean, I guess you could say Christy. Yes. Her husband, Daniel, daughter, stepdaughter, Allie, and toddler son, Hunter. Okay, there we go. That was easy. (laughs) And name the dog, you know. Name the dog. um, Which they do. Yeah. Something. I think that uh, writing a plot summary is hard, and I give everybody a lot of credit for trying. That's why I don't do it. Um, But it is 
he 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 stopped like halfway th- i don't know i don't want any more than this so thank you thank you raju nailed it so this movie <laughs> as we have already said the it's all found footage and it works really well um i would argue one of the best found footage movies i've ever seen i think because it it incorporates the security cameras the handheld one from the stepdaughter that camera and doesn't anybody does anybody else have a camera oh no micah he doesn't like bring i think it's just that they just have the one like the household right handy cam yeah but i like how it goes back and forth because honestly all handheld that's a little much it is a little too shaky and again to get those cool wide shots where and Mm -hmm. have a reason for those in all the key rooms of the house um is is great and it makes and setting it up that it's not an unrelated incident that brings the security cameras into the house that it is like just the first instance that they realize of this presence in the house um i my favorite thing about these movies Mm -hmm. is how new the house is and how Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly set designed. It is a it's a it, beige house. It's a beige house. It is a it is a perfect like. I think he's uh, he owns Burger King franchises that comes out in some weird. That's like his right. business. So yeah. like, probably makes decent money. They're both working. They have what is probably you know some kind of McMansiony house with a pool in the San Diego area. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of it's a it's like a little worn down it's a like lived in you know what i mean like that this family with a teenager mm-hmm. and uh a very chill carlsbad attitude and just right. <laughs> wearing golf clothes all the time or whatever it is they're wearing is weird to me but um they that even just there's these little things like a, a broken faucet handle a um you know, a a crooked picture frame on the wall. That's just, all of it's just the the junk filled basement. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is just really like nice but fucked up. You know, yeah, um, and and I carpets think, dirty and worn, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it reminded me of a lot of my friends' houses in high school that were just like kind of new construction, but had either they were like the second people that lived in it, or you know, right. it just just new construction, and it's. It's so relatable and like uh, in that McMansion-y kind of way, like it's very echoey. Right. And yeah. Huge. Yeah. Vaulted ceilings and a lot of these features like that that play well in this in this way. And that I also we don't think of as traditionally the stuff of horror. And so it's really it works so perfectly to bring that into like a modern age to make it not like a creepy old murder house. It is just anyone's house. Yeah. And big enough, though, that like something could be happening in another part of the house and you might not you might mistake it for just natural noise or, you know, anything like that. So, yeah. Or north in the neighborhood because it's a pretty like densely populated place. Sure. And I also love how many mirrors there are around the house. It oh, makes God. Yeah. It just makes all the shots extra creepy when you're like, oh, that's just the person's reflection in the mirror. But you're because mm-hmm. I think that is also about says something about the real horror of everyday living where just sometimes if you do freak yourself out at home, like when I had that cardigan sweater hung up on our uh, window frame for like a week. Oh no my reason. God. So anytime Every you walked time. in the room and be like, there's a seven foot person in the room. Um, well, you, I, I think you moved it down to the, like the, the hook. And so it looked like a weirdly, weirdly, a weirdly short. Oh no. Large person. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's very effective, very, very effective. So, yes, it is a break-in that predicates this uh, security um, system being put in. Did you have a security system as a child? No, our doors are probably still not locked. <laughs> That's right. You guys, like, leave all your doors open all the time. If we left, if we went away on vacation and it was probably more than a weekend we would lock the doors. That would be it. Even then you could most certainly get inside the house without breaking a thing. Mm -hmm. There would have been a way. So no, did you? Um, I did 
for a couple years in my childhood. Like, we won a raffle. We won um, a security system on a raffle at some, like, car dealership. Did you guys ever have those in your towns? No, I don't sure. know what this was. But basically, our our neighbors across the street got a security system. They won that. And then we won, like, new hardwood floors. Oh. And we swapped. I thought you were going to say everyone won these security systems, which would be <laughs> alarming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we somehow swapped, and that, that shouldn't be allowed, but uh, we were able to. And we got a security system, but there were no cameras. Uh, that was way before. This was like probably in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. I think, and that is, again, a good feature of this movie. The cameras are so a little bit grainy. It's 2010, so they're not like we're now. I'm sure we could have a like perfect HD, you know, oh, yeah. 1080p plus. Yeah, home security footage. I've toyed around with the idea of getting um, a security, some sort of security system in our house, but yeah, combination of we don't laz- come at us <laughs> laziness and just truly not we're being worried about it. Like we don't have, you know, knock on wood, but we don't really have any. Um, like break-ins in our neighborhood. No. Like it's not, it's a pretty safe neighborhood. Yeah. I think it is, you know, not to get political, but I do think it is something when you live around a lot of immigrant families, they, no one's trying to do anything to invite law enforcement to like investigate Mm -hmm. your area. They're just trying to make their own, good safe place to live and so it i think if anything it's probably much less than non-diverse neighborhoods right um yeah it's a we're I mean, we are very lucky for that and it's but yeah i mean I, I i mean i understand getting one i have also thought about it it does just seem like eh, you can't be everywhere at once you don't know it is a, we live do live in a city those kinds of mm-hmm. things that make me think like okay i could see I could see it, but I do feel like just like car alarms, it seems more like the big thing that happens is you forget you put it on and you open a door and wake everybody up. Or yeah. And we live so else. close to our neighbors. It just seems like such a... Oh, God. Yeah. They would unquestionably hear it. Those things are so loud when they go off. It's awful. Yeah. I forget. So, oh, they they come in. The weird thing that happens, as Raju said or whatever, is a is that the entire house is flipped over and no one takes anything. Right. Like if that's me, I don't know really that like I'm able to sleep. It's really more like I will sell this house today. That would be me. First break in. Um, Oh, yeah. I'd be motivated. Oh, yeah. I don't. That that would be so creepy. I would not be able to sleep in that house for much longer. If at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um. I think that some of the the weird things about home security systems are how much you, I feel like with the idea of like a video home security system where it isn't just about we want to prevent someone from breaking in or to have the police contacted if someone did. It is a little bit more invasive of your own privacy and it does, it would feel weird. I don't think I, if we got a security system, I would want one with in the side the house video capabilities but if we did have one i would also have been like watching this footage every single night like i thought it was so weird they only checked it every once in a while the second i saw one weird thing i'd be you know fast forwarding through that shit like crazy i know yeah just watching for every weird thing because you would just be like oh nope the cabinet just flung open oh yeah the- well at that point I love that point in the movie because it's like broad daylight, snap mm-hmm. time. She just puts the baby down and she's sitting in the kitchen and all of the the cabinets fly open at the same time. And it's, it's just so, 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 so terrifying. Truly. It's it- like the moment. It's like the moment in Poltergeist or the moment in Sixth Sense, but it's much scarier because it's completely sudden and it is... <laughs> 
Yeah, but by that time, she already wants to, like, kind of cover it up. She doesn't want to think about it. So she's not going to, like, look at the footage. She knows what happened. You know, she's she's at that point, she's been told, like, just don't talk about it. You know, you're just going to invite this thing back in. Oh, by her sister? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I agree. I'd be checking it. I mean, luckily, the stepdaughter, and she's kind of, like, the saving for a while the saving grace of this movie because mm-hmm. she's curious and actually like digging for stuff um right she survived so good for her that's true i yeah i mean but the second the the dad is like i don't want to hear any more about this i would just be like cool here's the video i'm just gonna watch the video i just don't think you would let it let it go so easily if you're the daughter or whatever else i think you would just like really and yeah, then you she would does, be, she but does then get you'd be to... looking for more. I would be constantly right. monitoring yes, it. That's my point. It's true. There's a point in the movie where she shows him a video of something, and it's like if they had just watched the other room at the same time. Yeah, there is that point. Right. So speaking of the dad, he is a douchebag. Um, <laughs> he is the most annoying type of person. He uh, just teases people to make jokes and... Uh, like annoys his daughter and his wife and thinks he's hilarious he i'm not saying i was happy when he dies at the end but it was a great character to have like some comeuppance because he does he's so annoying and then so um you know he he dismisses his wife when she's concerned about it and then he finally gets on board at the end and throws the sister under the bus and it's like okay you deserve to die yeah yeah Yeah. that's how does he die again i've already forgotten uh katie when she is possessed by the demon comes and like snaps his neck oh on the couch that's right that's great yeah Um, yeah which is uh horrifying just just horrifying someone coming up behind you while you're watching tv and snapping your neck which is very 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 hard to do it's not like someone could just do that but um if you're possessed possessed by by a demon demon. so but i do want to play a clip of some of the words of wisdom from this d-bag and i was trying to get him to say dad again he just wouldn't focus looking at the ceiling and the mirror everywhere up but me he's a baby he's got like a attention span of a guppy cool so this is wrong on a lot of levels there is a lot of study now into baby's memory And I actually came across an article trying to figure out exactly how long a a child's attention span is at that age. Because I think Hunter, at this point, he's below a year old, right? Uh, He's somewhere around a year. Somewhere around. He's He's walking. walking. But some kids, let's just say he's a year old. Right. He's not super verbal. He, but yeah, he's, he's walking. He's deceptively hairy. It reminded me though of Boo. Deceptively hairy. (laughs) That's me. That's the Josh Briggs story. If with Boo, he was also like, if you look at pictures of him at one and pictures of him now, they look the same. And so it is, it's very likely that, yeah, this baby's about one. Okay. So in this article from the University of Queensland, Australia, which I hope isn't like a, a known, uh, anti-baby establishment (laughs) or just like, it's a, it's a really fun to read article about brain development i will say i will post this on the facebook page here for you guys because i looked up just trying to find the answer to that one question but it actually goes on a lot about brain development through adolescence and it's actually (laughs) it's actually called why you can't remember being a baby which is a question anyone who's tried marijuana has asked um so, but okay, so in within this article, um a six month old can remember what actions and uh like processes for about twenty four hours but not forty eight hours, mm. and then nine months old at nine months old, you could remember what those same things to do for about a month, but not three months mm. so like then and, and and it's funny because um. Well, it goes on to say, by 20 months of age, infants can still remember how to do a task. They were shown a whole year earlier. And I and I find that, you know, thinking back to when the kids were babies, 
I can totally, you know, attest to that. I think that that is, it, it totally tracks with how, mm-hmm. you know, you could be so astonished that they remembered something. Like they yes. clearly remembered a book or a toy or how to, how to do something. And then. Right. Like some, yeah, say clapping along with a certain song or right. something like that. Where you're or, like, yeah. oh my gosh, you and, remembered that from yeah. like music class that we haven't done in six months. Right. Yeah. And then, or like books that woo or boo would memorize mm-hmm. or like yeah and then not at all like we read those same things and they don't like it's gone right and it, and it talks about how how your brain changes and and neurons are basically like like as you're forming new connections with memory circuits the new neurons are disrupting existing networks of already formed memories so you're mm. you're using those pathways you're rewriting the tape yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it goes on to talk about how that changes during adolescence and like the development of the self. It's it's really cool. I'm going to post it. You guys should read it. But um, Memory of a guppy? I don't think so, guess Daniel. What? Three second memory of a guppy has been disproven. Oh my God, Daniel. Did what? you even check the literature <laughs> before you opened your dumb fat mouth? Scientists found that fish trained to respond to certain sounds in captivity can still react months later when they heard them in the wild. So fuck you, Daniel. Case closed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Neck snapped, case closed. But he does have this fucking way about him that is just like the you're playing in my sandbox vibe at all times. Like relaxation and jokes are only fun when he wants to be relaxed and jokey. Mm -hmm. He's not, he has kind of a short fuse. Uh, He just wants to watch chargers games with his son, you know, the laziest possible activity. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just like, that's like the one kind of bonding thing that he mentions. Yeah. And otherwise kind of, this doesn't, doesn't really, care about anyone granted he's a widower he's carrying a lot of baggage but you know he clearly cares for the kids in his own his own way basic basic way but he was cast so well and it's hard to believe that this is even an actor the the cast of this movie is fantastic truly yep top to bottom yeah like the they're just so normal Mm -hmm. it's so relatable these are all people that i feel like i knew in delaware that you know mm-hmm. like it, <laughs> like the um the sisters are and they're like pool day that they have mm-hmm. you know that's just like they're just hanging out by the pool it's like you said too it's styled so well like nobody's wearing makeup nobody you know it's very no. um it's really hard to do in a movie because i feel like you know once there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen people want to make it look good instead of realistic right and um i mean i find that to be the case constantly with commercials because you're just trying to make it like aspirational yeah everything's glued down and everything else Mm -hmm. and yeah even in this micah or whatever the boyfriend is like the most say i don't know traditionally attractive person in the in the whole bunch it gets pretty even like but he's the, still just like he's like the most attractive guy at your high school and then yeah, you exactly. look back and you're like that guy wasn't that hot yeah yeah it's just like well mm-hmm. that's your thing go for it but it's yeah. just that's kind of the thing all around it's it's all the couples are believable including the middle school like the teenage daughter and her like awkward looking boyfriend and you know it just is yeah. all and even using actual footage of a real newborn in the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, it really sets the tone of like, this is going to be very realistic. Yeah, it does. And one thing I will say is very realistic. One of the first things that happens as far as like a, a spook and a scare is uh, Christy is uh, like at the window. I think she's in the kid's room and a bird flies into the window and dies. Do you remember That's this? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So that would happen all of the time at my house. Um, what? When, yes, because we had these big bay windows in our family room, just kind of like floor to ceiling, uh, one whole wall. And birds can't tell when there's like if the if the curtains were open, they just can't see windows. 
It's really sad. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they so would they probably see a reflection, think there's sky or something. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And we would find birds. I remember one specifically that had its beak broken and it was just really sad. It was a very relatable moment. That's a real thing. Your, your dad was just snapping the next <laughs> birds in your front. <laughs> well, he had to, to appease the demon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why you move. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about, uh, and another thing, <laughs> another thing about animals in this movie that I noticed was the German shepherd sleeping in the room with Hunter. And I oh, thought, how that. normal, how nice, how mm-hmm. wonderful, how totally fine and acceptable this is, and not the Rottweiler in Damien's room from the last movie. Oh, because this pup was a protector. Mm. You such know, a good dog. Such a good dog. I wrote down this movie makes me want an army of dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, because our cats would just show show the demon where we were sleeping and where our children are. They would just yeah, like, they'd meow at us until we woke up to yeah. see the demon, and so we could watch it kill us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not to totally enforce stereotypes with cats and dogs, but shrug. Um. They just aren't protectors. It's not the same thing, no. especially not a, compared to a German Shepherd. You said it. Bred to be protectors. Maybe, sure. Yeah, I like that. I think a thing I love in supernatural movies that this movie manages to squeeze in along those lines is sort of like a um, the light side savior. In this case, it's Martine, the, oh, the, the nanny. Oh, the cultural appropriation. Ding, ding, ding. Every horror movie needs it. Well, yes, the I to me she satisfies the role of like the priest in right. you know, in the omen and all the and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it Though, was a little like I mean it's a little it's a little bit on the nose of like you know, burning sage and is like into you know, Santeria or something. You know, yeah. like she's However, again with stereotypes, it's like I can totally see that happening. It it wasn't so like it did as soon as she started um but as soon as she was there, honestly, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is going to be the brown person who gives the wisdom and, the, you know, <laughs> right. like, I but... mean, she was at least as, as rounded out as any character in this yes, movie. Yes. Like you can say that, that mm-hmm. it's not, it's not as offensive as it might've been in something else where like she clearly, you know, has a relationship with the individual human beings in this family and they, you know, uh, yeah. and it wasn't over. It had an emotional effect on the daughter when she was fired. It's not just like, oh, mm-hmm. she's gone. Fuck it, we'll get another one. Right. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It was and, good. It was just like. But it is like, oh, cool. She's burning sage in here and stuff like that. <laughs> but you, you have that moment when she is fired. You're like, oh, it's you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too mm-hmm. bad. She was all that was standing between you guys and this thing. Right. She was called back. She called back to make the cross and. Mm-hmm. I I have a question. <laughs> So I'm sorry to hit these as one, two, three, as if I'm equating the German shepherd, the nanny and the pool vacuum. But I do have a question about the pool vacuum. Is that a red herring that like it isn't actually it is not being affected by the demon? It is actually just like there was a logical explanation for why every night it was ending up on the side of the pool. And so that was what like further empowered the dad to be like, see, there's a logical explanation for this. There's a logical explanation for the rest of this crap. Right. I mean, yeah, sure. Who knows? I guess we really, won't. They won't. They didn't say for sure that I saw. Anyway. Um, I, yeah, I liked that it had an explanation because it otherwise like wasn't, it didn't really serve a purpose uh, as far as like scaring anyone except for i think turning off the camera because once the pool thing stopped moving then that camera you know like the light the security light would go out oh i didn't connect that see that would have been something i wouldn't have mind someone just explaining (laughs) if that is what that was to say like oh no this thing is coming from outside your house inside your house every night yeah i mean it, it was a weird so if you if you track the demon in this movie, it comes in when the stepdaughter is babysitting, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the wind blows the you know the door shut. Mm-hmm. It's 
up until that point, it's trying, it does seem that way. It's trying to get in. It's trying to get in. Right. Mm. Then it takes the baby out of the crib. Truly terrifying. Um, It takes the kid out of the crib and he follows it downstairs and opens the basement door for the demon. Right. Right. Now, the weird thing is the beginning of this movie with the break in it she says the only thing that's gone is some you know one of my sister's necklaces or something so maybe the demon had already been in there i don't know um but the kid opens the door to the basement and then shuts it and then it's the next day and the kid's fine so uh you're thinking all right the thing's in the basement and then there's like this time later that night i think where the no it was before then I don't know. It's at some point where that, like, you can see this, like, this dark shadow coming out of the basement. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and the stepdaughter is asleep on the ca- couch and she wakes up. So it's a little weird. Um, but I think that that's the intent is that it was outside. It comes inside. The kid puts it in the basement and then it comes out of the basement and, you know, gets the mom. Right. In that truly horrifying scene where she's trying to get into her kid's room and she keeps getting sucked back down the stairs yeah um and that's what she came here for you know absolutely you came here for that stuff you knew it was gonna happen um and so yeah i was trying to kind of like take myself out of it a little bit and track you know do a little clinical analysis at the time because i was still very scared watching it for the second time in 10 years (laughs) um and another thing, callback to uh, our previous episode is the one of the the spooks and scares in this movie is the toy moving by itself, which oh yeah was it that was like a bus. little school bus and we right warned against this. Do not get one. Yeah, just don't just don't get any remote control anything ever. Oh yeah, well, well. <laughs> we have so many things. I love <laughs> it's a joke. I'm excited. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and and all those little little devices are just they're great. It's very effective. Yeah. Oh, there was one other like parenting thing during the when the stepdaughter is doing her babysitting, which I guess we didn't really talk about at all, but for one thing, we were talking about how it's great that they actually like did something for their own marriage even during this like really stressful mm-hmm. time that they went out and had a date night and trusted their daughter to watch their son for a few hours. Right. Um, even though she did have her boyfriend over. Also, and apparently they did a Ouija board, ugh, like total fools. Never do a Ouija board guys. Come on now. Um, there was the throwaway line of remember no peanuts implying Hunter has a peanut allergy or maybe hasn't been exposed to peanuts yet. Yeah. Well, dates it for sure. Dates the movie because at that point in, the the theory was just don't give them anything until they're a certain age. Whereas now it's like expose them early and often to things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like Hunter has a peanut allergy, <laughs> allergy, a deadly peanut allergy. Don't give him any peanuts. And I was like, why would you even have peanuts in the house? I mean, it might you're... have it might have been that, but it's. I feel like it's just like a. It's something that parents would have said at the time, but now it feels weird because. Yeah. Now it means like you definitely have a peanut allergy. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You would be like, oh, you would have swept the house for them. Right. It's funny. After they come back from that date night and they've kind of rekindled their marriage a little bit, mm-hmm. that's when the mom is like, she kind of turns on the stepdaughter and is like, can't, we just can't do, we can't talk about this. We can't, like, I don't, right. because now she, she, you know, she has, her husband on her side again you know like they've patched things up oh yeah yeah and it's like um well and she's realized what her sister had said that like this is a thing that feeds on fear and mm-hmm. so we don't yeah she's not going to talk about it yeah but she ha- there's like a moment in the kitchen where mm-hmm. she because they at, at first they had been aligned against right. the dad and then the alliances shift and it and i just you know i you know, just thinking about that as far as like mixed to families with like steps and everything it's like mm. It's such a, it's such a thing. And, um, it's just like these family politics, you know? 
Yeah. I don't. I'm lucky. I don't have to deal with it too much with my my stepdad and his kids. Like, thank God. But um, at that age, you certainly would. I uh, yeah, no exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you're making those shifts of like, hey, I thought we were friends. Oh wait, now you're trying to be my mom. Excuse me. Like, right. I imagine there's that, or and then it does just shift even from moment to moment. Yeah. In all different aspects. Yeah, you throw a demon in the mix. Hey. Oh my goodness, yowie zowie. Shout out to Hunter for being such a great sleeper too. He really is a good sleeper. Yeah. I mean, he might get up in the middle of the night and talk to that demon, but his mom who might wouldn't? sweep him out of the crib and throw all the lights on in the house <laughs> in the middle of the night for while she's checking out a weird sound. He just goes right back. He to goes sleep. right back to sleep. God bless him. Yeah, uh, that was something we kept laughing at while we were watching the movie because if if Hunter cried. Uh, she would just come in, pick him up, like turn the light on, pick him up out of bed and, and, and like rock him. And Josh and I have always um, done the like soothe in the crib. Like we oh, yeah. would, will try to not not pick them up. So we were like, oh, my gosh, it's just so jarring. Like, just... And not turn on a light. They need mm-hmm. all the darkness they can to sleep. You got to keep it dark in that room. Something they could have benefited from was a sleep sack. For that baby. Mm. Harder time. Not saying a demon couldn't unzip a sleep sack. Don't want to make that claim. But he would have had a harder time getting the baby out of bed, letting him into the basement. If. That's true. It'll have a lot more trouble walking. Right. A sleep sack, for as long as your kid will tolerate a sleep sack, it's a wonderful thing. It's basically a a a sleeping bag with like overall... um, yeah, like snap with sleeves. Snaps. It's a sleeping bag with sleeves. Yeah. Sleeve holes. Yeah. It's very appealing. When you put your child into one, you often think to yourself, I wish I had one of these for myself. Oh, I would hop right in. <laughs> Especially that one that our kids had that was like a comforter. You know, yeah. it was like sleeping bag, kind of puffy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that looks nice. Yeah, with just enough room at the bottom to like really snuggle. Yeah, kind of just yeah. Sm- smush around in there. <laughs> Root around, do what you got to do. Um, <sighs> once the demon has taken control of the mom, and the husband has called Martine, the the nanny, back to help him, you know, get rid of this thing. There's a scene in the basement where they they all they all uh, like the kid r- runs down to the basement. Does she take him down there? No, because she doesn't have him. No, the daughter goes down. To, maybe the kid is already in the basement. There's a whole thing. I mean, it's 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 hard to remember what's happening because it is kind of like, you know, it's like that found footage thing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they, there's no like standalone. It's all in one set for yeah. one thing, so it's hard to differentiate what happened. But when. the dad has the camera because he's using it like the night vision, right? To see down there, and um, the wife and the and Hunter are down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And we'd already seen that the basement is just like uh, off an episode of hoarding, right? Hoarders. It's truly a storage space. Yeah. And it's funny. I just cleaned out our storage space this week. Thank you. You're welcome. I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And, I was uh, waiting for the show. <laughs> um, it was incredibly cathartic and satisfying to do. Highly recommend. But, you know, just in general... We don't have a basement. We just have the storage unit, which is the size of a closet. But we couldn't walk in into it. It had gotten to a point where we had, you know, just been throwing stuff and we couldn't walk into it. And I think that, you know, maybe it's just because here in California, not too far from Carlsbad, yeah. uh, it's almost springtime, really. Like the <laughs> tree is blooming. It's springtime. It's springtime. It's hot. It's hot. Um, Josh is like sitting in the sun right now with a flannel Sweaty. on. It's very LA of him. And I just feel like, you know, take an afternoon, take a day, take a Saturday, clean take out. Take a whole weekend. Or just a little bit of time and clean out. Just like make one pile where you're just going to throw stuff away, one pile where you're going to donate it and just do a, just do a brief sweep because you don't know. When you might be trapped in there with the demon. Uh, sure. This was the part in the movie where I feel like this happens um, in every horror movie for me where things have gotten really out of hand. And I'm like, well, you know, just give the devil's due. 
you know, deal's a deal. Maybe just, you know, it's just one kid. Wow. You know? Okay. <laughs> it's just one kid. You just have another. Like, <laughs> I, you made your bed. Yeah. You know, well. Uh, wow. Okay. I was feeling that. I was feeling like, well, maybe just. Well, in the end, he, he does get the kid, so. That's true. Um. Oh, he doesn't get the kid. Oh, yeah, he does. Through Katie. Goes off with the kid. In the very end. In the very end of the movie. Katie, Katie leaves with the kid? Yes. I didn't really understand this movie, I guess. Oh, Katie leaves with that kid. She kills the mom. Kills the dad. And Allie, the stepdaughter, is away on some trip. And it's just like, Allie came home to find... Oh, that's right. And so, yeah, and like Hunter's like giggling as he's going with Katie because he thinks it's it's Kate, it's his aunt. Right. Anyway, it was very scary down in that basement where I I personally had given up um, on Hunter, and I just feel like if you can't walk through your storage space wherever that may be, just take a little bit of time, and and. We took some time last weekend to do some house projects, and I feel like both of us kind of put those things off because we just want the weekend to be like fun with the kids. We want to go do stuff. We want to like expose them to things that they don't do during the week. But dare I say, try to relax? <laughs> I never said that. Um, yeah. I know. <laughs> but Woo and Boo had the best time helping you with like little handyman projects. Oh, yeah. I love doing that stuff with them. Yeah. It is just, it's hard to do when it isn't all hands on deck because you sometimes need another parent to distract mm-hmm. also. But yeah, they have fun. We've talked before about them helping with doing a little toy spring cleaning and stuff like that. It feels really good to just get rid of some shit and get make you feel like you can actually make plans for like moving your life forward in a way. I think that it helps. I find a lot of clarity in it as someone who also likes to collect that and like and lets things pile up i still do like the exercise of exorcism with that stuff of getting it away from mm. me uh and realizing like, oh yeah like what actually has value and what's important what brings you joy that's dare i say it dare i do sure i i will say that my last thought on this movie was like the first time i've ever been so thankful to have our family live very very far away <laughs> just in case there's some that's right deed with the devil mm-hmm. that he just immediately also yeah, like gotta, gotta um, passes demon on to my sister um i would have liked one more thing there because he's just like burning the picture of her as a child i would have liked one more one line that was like we're gonna we're gonna give this to auntie katie now mm-hmm. to deal with yeah like maybe then she it, does have to hold the necklace because yeah. you see that that returns there's some they they do that like yeah that, that necklace changing hands had something to do with the demon or yeah something. yeah and i guess i mean you get it because you've probably seen the first one but mm-hmm. still it was just a little shoddy it felt like a weird edit maybe sure no just trying to find some flaw in this great movie and i don't need to it was just you so fun to. and good that's right oh well that seems like it's time to rate this movie oh yeah carol josh how many bundles of burning sage do you give today's motion picture Paranormal Activity 2 2010? Out of? Oh, well, so of five <laughs> bundles of burning sage, like the Partridge in a Pear Tree song. <laughs> I have to give it five because I think it was the first movie that I felt this scared by mm-hmm. you know i mean for for the show right that i thought was really and and it was so nice that it held up to the first time i saw it because i was kind of getting nervous about you know having hyped it so much to you yeah and um <laughs> and it was nice that it held up and that, that like the pacing every little bit of it was so good and it's such a like really quiet and understated horror movie that um yeah. yeah five what about you cool i'll give it four you know sub perfect for me i don't really know why but maybe it was a little too hyped up but i do love these movies i think they're as we said i, I mean i think they're all really clever like the idea of found footage movie 
is abhorrent to me. I don't want to watch a found footage movie. Normally, no. And but these paranormally, are... yes. <laughs> paranormally, yes. Uh, that's the that that was like the saving grace of this was its goodness, and so that's going to trump everything every time. I also agree that it was scary, and I was kind of like checking my watch to be like, how much longer are we watching this for? You know, like when you know you're scared. Oh yeah. So oh, that's. Yeah. That was great. So I don't know, maybe also five, but I'm going to go four. I love that. Do we rate the kids? I mean, I think we need to readjust our rating system after your abstention during the omen, because this would certainly fall under that. They're not part of the scares or the spills and chills and thrills. It's just how effective are the children in this movie? So effective. I think it was, we can at least say that in situations like this, that, you know, if the kid is not acting per se like if you can't rate their performance you can at least say kind of in a plus or minus or like you know just like a yes or no effective way because it, mm-hmm. having him be so young and not acting at all was very well done yeah vacuum in the pool for yes out of the pool for no <laughs> both kids in the pool oh god and Great job for them not using the pole as a, you know, it was kind of also a red herring in itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No one drowned in the pool. Mm-hmm. The pool vacuum wasn't a thing. Um, can I ask you an interview with a vampire question? Please. Interview with a vampire. Do you have? Uh, or let's see. How do I want to phrase this? Would you? Would you move? Have moved out of that house? Like, how deep into this would you have gone? Like really from break in to would you, we've talked about it before how sometimes it's nice when like you see people be like, Oh yeah, I want to leave this house. This is horrible. Some bad shit's happening here. I'm going to go. Okay. Let's say we sold or we, we moved out of this house, bought a new house and things started happening. Maybe not after the break in, but after the first obvious, you know, inexplicable thing it would not be off the table i think it's hard to imagine moving um because it's such a such a process and such a a life altering thing and since we've been in our house now for a pretty long time like almost 10 years you know the idea of then just being like no we're out realistically I wouldn't jump to it, you know? However, if I were in their situation and I were Allie, or not Allie, um, Christy, if I were that mom, I wouldn't be a fucking idiot. I would remember my childhood that was filled with spooks and scares. And I would be like, maybe it's not the house. Maybe it's me. You know, like, I think I would have, she, she just seems so out of touch with her own life. Yes. That that is completely unrelatable to me because I would be looking for those things and like interested and mm-hmm. curious. She didn't seem very curious or like putting the pieces together at all. So it's hard to say. How about you? Uh, I think I would move. Yep. Like at the break in? Um, no, I think that I would have. I would have just cleaned up and gotten a security system just like they did. Um otherwise the second any super supernatural shit was happening in that house i'd be gone unquestionably mm-hmm. because i would assume that it was related to the house and not me personally right but having you, you no would memory be wrong. of those things in my house mm-hmm. you know as a child well i think that just about does it for paranormal activity too see on the next one <laughs> we will have to watch number three for sure is that a kid one i forget yeah it's them as kids oh, the yeah, sisters yeah, as kids yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, We're going to cool. have more to say about this family. Fucking up. Oh, yeah. Don't be a creep. Get in touch. Please email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady. Instagram at mummyxdeadypod. And we will be putting some more content on there soon. Oh, yeah. You could also leave us a voicemail at 818-839-1991. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. 
Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spalding is a impromptu pool day with your family. Bye. Bye. If a picture paints a thousand words, San Diego. Mm, drink it in. It always goes down smooth. <laughs> <laughs>